Hi, this is Yona with Panema Wellness at FromWomen'sHealth.com. This podcast is going to be about preconception or the time before a woman gets pregnant. Ideally, this would be part of prenatal care or pregnancy care. Two different words for the same thing, this whole period of preconception. But if we're going to be honest, unless someone's being very proactive, it's just not. Women aren't making appointments to go see their providers for a pre-pregnancy visit. And doctors aren't rushing to clear their schedules for those appointments. There are a lot of patients to see. That being said, it's a really important topic because how a woman's body is taken care of or prepared for a pregnancy is going to really set the stage for how that pregnancy is going to go. And and we want to create the conditions for the safest pregnancy possible. So there are a few things that women can do before pregnancy that can help them have a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby. Most from women are familiar with the need for genetic screening, because most of us, many of us, have done one from Doria Sharm or one that's similar. And we know we do those to avoid cystic fibrosis, Tay-Sachs, and a number of other conditions. And actually, most Jews worldwide are familiar with the need for genetic screenings. And even doctor's offices that don't cater to a, a mostly Jewish population will have somewhere to check on their forms if you are of Jewish descent, because they will offer screening if it hasn't been done. So if you have done Doria Sharm or some other genetic testing, you can reassure your provider that you've done it. Even if you don't know the results, you can explain to them that you've been screened for a full panel of the most common genetic diseases. If you know that you're positive and your husband is positive, obviously that's a different conversation. But we're just talking about when you know that you should be clear and not have a problem there. If there are any known genetic conditions in the family that wouldn't be screened by Doria Sharam because they're not Jewish-specific or more common in the Jewish population, like some specific bleeding or clotting disorder, then you should mention those to your provider as well. I want to talk for just a second about weight and exercise. So why is exercise important before going into a pregnancy? Well, when you get pregnant, there's a lot more of a load that comes on your on all of you, right? There's this increased weight from growing a baby and all the extra fluid that your body produces that has to be pumped through your heart. So a strong body and a healthy body um, should have, most often have, an easier time with pregnancy. So even if someone has had one pregnancy, they've done this before, um, they didn't exercise particularly before that, after a pregnancy, your muscles are stretched out. So getting those muscles toned back in a little bit before you get pregnant can be very helpful. And as far as weight goes, it is hard. Women tend, you know, there's this idea that women will put on 10 pounds with each pregnancy. Some women do, some women don't. If a woman is able to get her weight down a bit before getting pregnant again, it's better statistically, but it's also better practically. Then as she continues to gain weight with a new pregnancy, it won't be quite as hard on her body. So the most important thing about exercise preconception is so that you can build up the strength and the stamina to go, you know, almost a whole year growing a baby, adding a pound a week at certain points, just really taking on another load. Um, another thing is vitamins. People are familiar with taking a prenatal vitamin, but I don't know if everyone knows why. One of the most impo- important parts of the prenatal vitamin at the beginning is called folic acid. And it's important to start taking that before you try to conceive, before you start to get pregnant. 
Taking folic acid greatly decreases the chances of neural tube defects, which includes spina bifida. A lot of our food is fortified with folic acid, which is a good thing, but in order to make sure you have the safe amount, it's best to take that vitamin before getting pregnant. If a woman is anemic, she's low in iron, it's helpful to take an iron pill to bring those levels up before pregnancy, because in pregnancy, they will drop. And if you go in low, then you're playing catch up the whole time, and it's harder. Plus, women tend to get kind of constipated in pregnancy, and the iron pill is a little bit hard on the on the gut. It slows, it'll, it'll just contribute to that whole slowing down process. So it would be better to get iron levels up before that. Um, the last thing that a woman may want to consider starting is taking vitamin D. Um, vitamin D deficiencies or having low vitamin D is starting to turn up more and more in studies connected in, to general health and to long-term immunity. And because we tend to stay more covered up as from women, we are higher risk of having low vitamin D. We get less of it from the sun. So it does help to take some orally as well. Next, there's immunizations. A number of the immunizations that we get as kids protect us from um, infections from viruses that can have a negative impact on a pregnancy. So if a woman gets um, one of these infections while pregnant, it can be dangerous for the fetus, for the baby. And the thing is that not all of those vaccines that you get as a child will remain effective into adulthood. In general, it's not a problem. They're not so prevalent. Some of them are less hard on adults. They may not even particularly notice that they have them. But even if a woman doesn't become sick, it could be dangerous for the fetus, for the baby. So generally as part of the screening, when a woman will go in in her first trimester to see your doctor, They'll do, a, they'll do a blood draw and they'll see, is she still immune? And they will recommend, hey, you aren't immune to rubella. You should get that vaccine again after this pregnancy. But you won't be protected for that pregnancy that you're currently you know, in. So it would be best if a woman could check on her immune, immune status, immunity status, see if she has all the vaccines she needs before becoming pregnant. Plus, if you go in to get that checked out, get those blood draws, it would be a good time for the doctor to do a pap smear, to do a breast exam, because there are things that need to be followed up on sometimes before pregnancy would be, you know, the best time to take care of it. So this is a little plug for going in for regular annual exams. It helps make sure that all these things are taken care of. Another good time to talk about considering a pregnancy or starting to get pregnant or having another pregnancy, making sure your body's ready. But all this can happen at the doctor's office. But be sure to bring up vaccinations. A kind of random point is that it's good to go to the dentist before you're, before you're pregnant. Generally, they don't want to do x-rays in pregnancy. Um, so it'll be, you can get those x-rays done and get cavities filled if you have any. Plus, having unhealthy gums is connected to preterm or early birth. So you want to make sure that your oral health is healthy before you get pregnant. Another thing women need to consider, particularly if they have a chronic condition and take medication daily is how either the disease, the condition, or the medication can impact a pregnancy, impact a baby. So if someone has a chronic condition, a chronic disease, they should have a conversation with the doctor that treats them for that condition. And if they feel that the doctor isn't supportive enough or isn't knowledgeable enough, they can make an appointment to see a maternal fetal medicine doctor. Maternal fetal medicine doctors are the experts on how chronic conditions and different medications can impact pregnancy. So instead of having to keep track of the ins and outs of all chronic conditions or 
even one specific chronic condition, knowing the latest and greatest on everything there is to know, they just have to keep track of how that relates to their field, which is the growth of a baby, which is what you want to know in this case. If someone has a mental health condition, it's also important to talk to, to their physician. Some medications can be continued. Some medications are stopped, but the hormones and the flux and the, the just kind of the pressures and the changes that come along with being pregnant can all impact a woman's mental health. So it's good to have someone following following you if that's something that you deal with on a on a daily basis or even if it just come up periodically in your life. It's important to review, anyone who takes a medication should review prescriptions and over-the-counter medications and supplements with a doctor, with their OB. As a general rule, any medication that isn't clearly needed should be stopped pre-pregnancy. That is the blanket rule, better, better safe than sorry. Some prescription medications, as I said, will get stopped before pregnancy. Some get weaned or, you know, the dose drops after a woman finds out she's pregnant. And um, others just will tell the doctor that the woman needs to be monitored, monitored more. She may need more ultrasounds. She may need her blood pressure more often, thyroid checked, different things like that. Uh, there's often a balance of whether a medication will be more harmful or more helpful to a woman when she's pregnant. So, like, who's going to be more at risk if they change the change things? Will will the fetus be more at risk? Will it be more dangerous to the baby? Will it be more dangerous to the mother? And because the mother and the baby are so connected, it's not necessarily clear-cut, okay, stop this, okay, start that. So you really need to talk to someone who knows what's going to be going on. There's an excellent organization called Mother to Baby, um, and they have a website called mothertobaby.org. They have the fact sheets on just an unbelievable number of medications in pregnancy and breastfeeding, and they do ongoing studies, so they're really up to date on medications. Even if your doctor doesn't have the latest data about it, it would be helpful probably to go on that website, print out the fact sheet, and bring it to your doctor when you go to talk to them about whether you're going to stay on your medication or go off of it. Lastly, just to touch on the topic of ovulation briefly, it's helpful to know when it is that you're fertile or able to get pregnant. This is a full topic all on its own, but we are talking about pre-pregnancy before getting pregnant. So keep in mind that most women ovulate or produce an egg about two weeks before their next period. The window for conception, where the egg meets sperm, is roughly 24 hours. The two or three days before ovulation, before the woman produces the egg, is considered the best time to try to get pregnant. Many from women are told that they get pregnant when they go to the mikvah, but that assumes a 30-day cycle. So it's good to keep track for yourself when you are trying to become pregnant. Okay, if anyone has any questions, please send them to me or feel free to leave a comment on the blog.